celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, we have an incredible two hours planned, and hopefully you'll be a part of that if you'd like to. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Call us right now, and Judy will get you all set up with Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani on the show today. Someone that uh, you may or may not know, Fritz Coleman. He is uh, by far, I think, the most famous weatherman on Earth. I think can, so. Can I say that? I, I agree with you. And, and the fact of the matter is is that every other weatherman, uh, even Ron Burgundy, all modeled after <laughs> Fritz Coleman. So he'll be joining us today because he's hanging out with actors and others for animals and doing a comedy event coming up in uh, just about a month or so. And he'll tell us a little bit about that. Also on the show today, we're going to bust those myths about microchips. Bullchip. Yes. Well, huh? well, you can say that on the air. Yeah, can say that. Oh, bullchip bull is what chip. you said. Yeah. Phew. It's a little brow sweat there from uh, what you... Anyway, uh, we're going to find out what the common myths are about microchips and uh, whether or not they can actually locate your animal or not. And uh, so that's on the way on the show. Also, a guy who's invented an app to help you find an animal. And apparently all you have to do is... Well, let's explain this. You say find an animal. You uh, mean to obtain one, to get... To a, get a new to, animal. To add to, a family a add, member. To add a family member. Yes. Absolutely. Not to find a lost animal. Okay, no. I'm sorry. I, I confused you there. This yes. app is to help you find an animal to add to your family. There you go. Perhaps a new cat, new dog. I don't know if they have flamingos on this or, or not. But Probably not. The deal is all you have to do is text them. Send them a picture of your place, and they'll send back animals that are available in your area that would fit into your place. Kind of weird, but we'll find out more about it in just a couple of minutes with uh, Jared Reyes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for the big show? Well, I've kind of focused on food, Uh pet food for today. And so... uh, Do we have enough time for that? Yeah. (laughs) No, we really don't, but I'm highlighting some of the big things and some of the more interesting reports. So we'll get started with that in just a few minutes. And I encourage you to look at that big old bag of Beneful if you have that and look at the beautiful picture on the front of all the vegetables before the news came. Isn't it? I mean, the sorry state of, I mean, our pet food, it's all about you're buying an image. Yep. So that's on the way in just a few minutes. Are we ready to go to line four? They're ready. If you'd like to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, toll free 1-866-405-8405. In this portion of Animal Radio underwritten by VetraScience, you know, summer's right around the corner and you're probably pretty excited, but is your pet? For them, that means thunderstorms, lightning, fireworks. Talk about anxiety. No one likes to see their furry pet trembling in the corner, right? That's where Composure Supplement Chews from VetraScience comes in. Okay, let's go to Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Hello. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Where are you calling from? I'm in, well, Coastville, Pennsylvania right now. Okay. Well, I've got the whole team here for you. Doc, you wanted to talk to Dr. Debbie, right? Yes. Go ahead. Well, um, she has uh, epilepsy. and uh, who, 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 is she? who is she? Who is she? I'm sorry? Is she a cat or a dog? A dog. Okay. Sorry, Yorkie Poo. And uh, two years old. She has epilepsy, and the vet has her on, um, uh, I'm having a mental block. Phenobarbital? Yes. Sorry, that's right. <laughs> um, okay. And I, I, I've read that there's um, negative side effects to that, and I was wondering if there's another medication that's affected 
somewhat expected. Okay. Well, is the is the phenobarbital working for her currently? Is she having any seizures? She has one or two um, every once in a blue mood, but it is very effective. So it works well. Okay. Um, All right. I, just, I guess so, it, it builds up in the system after a while. Yeah, so let's talk, I'm going to start at the beginning, because when we talk about seizures in dogs, and you know, uh, phenobarbital is one of the mainline drugs that we use in dogs and cats to control seizures, and for a couple of reasons. One is that it has relatively fast onset, you know, within two weeks, we can actually check the drug level and find out what her levels are, if it's in the proper zone, and if she is seizuring while she's in the ideal zone, then that may mean that we need to um, add in a second medication, or if her levels are too low, we might need to increase the dosage of that. Um, but phenobarbital tends to be, uh, like I said, it's one of the most commonly used in veterinary medicine. It's relatively inexpensive when we compare it to some of the other seizure medicines. But there's always this kind of big gray cloud hanging over our head with phenobarbital. Everyone's terrified of the drug. And I use it, I've used it for years and years. And there's only rarely problems. But when it happens, it's big and bad. And so you do need to be aware of it. And the number one thing, I don't don't tell people to be afraid of phenobarbital, but I do advise you to be very close with your veterinarian and make sure your pet is being monitored, not just checking the drug level, but also checking their basic uh, chemistry panel. And there's some clues we look for with phenobarbital. It kind of always can cause an increase in a couple liver values. And it doesn't mean just because those values are high doesn't mean it's toxic per se. It just means it is metabolized by the liver and this is something we can see. But um, what we do look for are other changes in the blood work, things like like the blood protein levels can be important if we're trying to decide if there's liver problems. But also a test called a bile acid test, the bile acid tolerance test. And that's more of what we call a liver function test. So if your pet's on phenobarbital, that should be part of the regular annual or even biannual blood work that the veterinarian does. And that's how they're going to know, is there any concern that we have? Um, so um, I guess in your baby's case, um, you know, I'd say make sure that we've had a phenobarbital level and decide if phenobarbital is the standalone drug that we want to use or we need to add in a, sep- uh, a second one. Is there anything so, I should no, be watching you s- for? I'm sorry? Is there anything I should be watching for? Um, yeah, well, some of the comments... Yeah, side, the common side effects of phenobarbital kind of scare a lot of people. When we first start phenobarbital, dogs can be really sedated, but they usually get better after about three weeks, four weeks of that. Um, but otherwise, uh, phenobarbital will see increased thirst, increased urination. But, you know, when the liver problems come on, it's usually we have a very sick pet. Um, so we'll be drinking a lot, peeing a lot. We may not be eating. It's really more of a acute, sudden um, liver problem that, that comes on. So the okay. important things are... You know, we, we find that happening more in dogs that are in the higher doses of phenobarbital, and that's why I, I really believe in levels when we're on any anti-seizure medicine so we know where your pet's risk is for something like that happening. Um, but there are, you, you asked about another thing, is, you know, alternative medications, and there are definitely some alternative ones. Um, potassium bromide is another drug that we use a lot in uh, seizure control in dogs. And um, downside is it's once, it's, uh, even though it's once a day, it takes about a month to get a steady level going. So it's not really a good first-line drug. So that's why we like phenobarbital. It kicks in faster than the potassium bromide. But other drugs, there's zonisamide, there's Keppra, gabapentin. All of those can be second-level drugs or try to use a standalone. We just don't, I don't always have as much success, say, using just zonisamide by itself. 
but all of those drugs have their own uh, toxicities and their own side effects. So there's really no drug that has no side effects, and that's the important thing to recognize. And it's just for your pet what the best situation is. I had a guy, I tried to put his dog on zonisamide because we were worried about the liver problems, and it was going to cost him $150 a month. So it wasn't a reasonable option, and the dog wasn't necessarily having liver problems. He was just scared by these uh, enzyme changes. So, you know, I think you just have to find your comfort zone and make sure you are, um, you know, having your pet monitored with your veterinarian. So. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you for the call, Patrick. And uh, and for any pet that's having seizures, my, my big thing is if we're having more than one seizure a month and we're on an anticonvulsant medicine, um, you know, more than one a month is really not good for me. I, I want to make sure we try to control those better. So if we're having one a week, two a week, you know, it's time to really pull in and, and look at things a little bit closer. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app. Hey, Lee, how are you doing? Doing fine, thank you. What's going on? Um, my cat, Zinni, um, he's 14 years old, and he's um, in good health. He's never had any problems. But for the last several years, he um, makes a coughing noise, like he's going to cough up a hairball but nothing ever comes up. And I've had him to the vet twice, and um, they can't find anything wrong with him. And I even recorded and videoed him doing it, and they just dismissed it as a um, hairball, trying to get a hairball up. But every time I pick him up to bring him in for the patio, to bring him in the house, that's when it starts. It's like it's like a like a choking sound, like a dry okay. cough, but nothing okay. ever comes out. Okay. So. And uh, has he ever brought up anything, any kind of phlegm, any material? No, never, but it lasts for about 45 seconds. Okay, so what he's doing, is it ever accompanied with him vomiting afterwards, or is it more just no. kind of this coughing? Then I'm, I'm going to go on the record here and say it's nonsense for a cat to be coughing and to be described as um, having hairballs. Hairballs are actually in the stomach. And so mm-hmm. that's the digestive tract. So if we are vomiting up hairballs, that's one thing. But if we're coughing and it's more of a respiratory issue, mm-hmm. it's not hairballs. So I, I'm, I'm going to say that's just hooey. So a coughing type problem in a cat, um, definitely there's a lot of different things we look at. Sometimes things like allergic bronchitis or asthma can actually be a very common cause of coughing in cats and um, tends to be sometimes in the bigger cats, sometimes more in the male cats. Um, so that's something that I typically would screen with by a chest x-ray. That might be a suspicion. But um, outside of that, um, in an older kitty, you know, there's there's other things we look at, you know, heart-related diseases, you know, cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, polyps that can occur. Um, but I would say that if this cough has been persistent for that long mm-hmm. um, and it happens mm-hmm. on a regular basis, I would definitely encourage you to get some baseline screening tests. And if your vet thinks it's just hairballs and doesn't want to look at it, I'd say pick up that phone and see another veterinarian because um, for me, uh, in, in my office, mm-hmm. that would be something I would definitely look at. Okay, I'll give it a try. Thank you for your advice. I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. good luck, Wick. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Let this summer be less stress for your pets with the help of Composure by Vetra Science. From glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements. Thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. The toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to talk to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Volani or any one of the team here. Uh, I noticed that earlier this morning, Guido, our producer here, was checking out his Match.com app. He has this app, which he, uh, he goes <laughs> through. I think his Match could be Tinder. Who knows? He's looking for dates. Right. And he does this. When there's a commercial break, he does this. Poor Guido. Yeah. And I'm always harassing him <laughs> about it, too. I'm I'm a guy from a different generation, and we we didn't use these apps to meet people. No. Uh-uh. Uh, it, was, it was strictly the newspapers or bars back when... <laughs> newspapers? Oh, that's even worse, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is a really cool app. We have uh, Jared Ray's on the phone. He's a developer at a company called Twilio, and they have the Shelter Pal app. And it's an amazing. I'll let him tell us what it's all about. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thanks very much, Hal. So Thanks tell me, what is the Shelter Pal app about? Yeah, so the Shelter Pal app, uh, we call it an app, but it's really a phone number uh, that's running this app behind it. Um, and it's really a, a way to use technology to pair shelter pets with people nearby who are looking for the said pet. And uh, we built it and we partnered with the ASPCA to put it out there. Um, and it's, it's going great. So now how do we use it? What happens? You say it's a phone number, so we call in or is it a, a text or how does it work? Yeah, it's a text, it's a text based phone number. So you would, uh, do you have your phone on you, Hal? I do have my Always. phone on me. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. Not using match. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so if you open your, uh, what you would send a text message with. Okay. And you, uh, dial the phone, the number 980. 980. Four seven seven four seven seven three seven two eight three seven two eight and then just and you just text the word shelter me to that phone number shelter one word or two words doesn't matter doesn't, two words sounds better okay shelter me I'm texting that right now it is it is off it, hello happy pet hunter this is what it just <laughs> replied back with hello happy pet hunter I'm shelter pal your helpful pet finder tell me more about yourself and what is your zip code. Yeah, so now it's basically going to ask you a few questions. It'll ask you what your zip code is. Feel free to respond while I explain it. Okay. It'll also ask you what kind of animal you're looking for. Right now, we support looking for cats and dogs in the U.S., but hopefully someone extends this and to other sorts of animals. And it'll ask you what age animal you prefer. So it'll ask you whether you're looking for a baby, puppy, or you're looking for a mature cat. And once you kind of fine-tune what you're looking for in a pet, it'll actually ask you to send a picture so you take a picture with your phone of the space where your pet will be living. Wow. And, and it'll actually analyze the picture to tell you if that's uh, it, what kind of animal that you should be looking for. And then it'll just start pairing you with animals nearby. Wow. You know, don't, he's doing it right now. We don't need any more cats in the studio or just kittens. Yeah, I, I know what just you're doing. Baby. I know what you're doing over there. Yeah, it's kitten season. <laughs> yeah. This he's... is cool because I'm doing it too, guys. <laughs> 
So now this is very cool. The uh, the picture that I sent back there is uh, shows a certain amount of space. Is that how it's determined? I mean, what is the picture for? The way that we analyze the picture is we uh, it's really using artificial intelligence to analyze some basic things about the picture. So is this outside or is this inside? Is this animal going to have a backyard to run around in, or are they going to be in a New York apartment? Um, and then we look for, and then it'll also tell us whether there's children around. It'll look for toys or a crib. Um, and it'll also look for things like swimming pools. And wow. we'll then match you with the breeds of dogs or cats that do well in that kind of living space. This kitten. I know, Hal. I know what you're doing <laughs> over there. Snowball. Snowball. Snowball was born in April. <laughs> and... She's available. She has severe gingivitis. Oh, poor baby. Which, which is, oh. I'm glad that you you know you're upfront with this information. Now, how do I know where where she is? Um, so when you put in your zip code, we looked for the nearest shelter that might have, uh, in your case, a cat available. Um, but if you if you get in touch with the contact information at the end of the message, that'll tell you more about where the shelter is and when you can come visit your pet. How many that. shelters are on board with this? Eh, I don't even know the total number. It's uh, it's actually every shelter that's um, part of the ASPCA and Pet Finder and a bunch of other services are on here. We kind of aggregated all of them, so this a lot, is, a lot. Of do you work with rescues as well? Yes, we do. Yep. Thanks, Jared. We're getting the kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention that for every text sent to uh, the number, again, is 980-477. Three seven two eight. Um, for every text message sent, we're donating a dollar to the ASPCA. Twilio is wow, to ten thousand dollars. Wow, so, that is very cool. And this so, Hal, is- you just you just gave some money to ASPCA. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, th- and this is a free. This is free except for the texting charges, right? Yeah, and most people these days have like a a text plan that allows a certain number of messages. So, totally free for most people. Yeah, this is one of those bots that they're talking about now, isn't it? That's 100% right. Okay. Wait, wait a minute. What, what's a bot? Well, one of the things yeah. that Twilio uh, really um, empowers developers to build these sorts of bots. So whenever you get like a text message from your dentist, uh-huh. it's like appointments tomorrow. Right. That's really being sent by a bot. There's not like a human typing that text message to you. Um, and the person that built that service used Twilio to do it. So that's kind of the easy way we explain what uh-huh. Twilio does. But yeah, there's more and more of those bots everywhere now. And we thought maybe a bot that paired shelter pets with potential pet wanters um, was needed because not everyone, you know, they're on the subway, they're on their way to work. Not everyone has the ability to go to a website and do this sort of thing. So we thought this might make it simpler. This is very cool. Okay, so write down this number. It is 980-477-3728. And, of course, we'll put all this information over at the website at animalradio.pet. Uh, so anything you heard on today's show is over there, by the way. So if you missed a number or anything like that. Wait, 980. 980-477-3728. You're, you're texting now. Great. Uh, I think one of us is going to end up with another animal here. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, thank you so well, much a good thing. for hanging with us today. We appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. 
Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. You want the best for your pet, right? Especially dogs when it comes to their food. So you're a good mom or a dad, right? You read the labels, you try to choose the brand and, you know, the formula that's healthiest for them. But uh, some of the top-selling brands, according to a new report like Beneful, Pedigree, Purina, and more, may not contain the wholesome, healthy ingredients you want for your dog. For example, look at a bag of say, Beneful. According to a new report in the Whole Dog Journal, the pictures make the food seem a whole lot better than it really is. The authors say the reality is that Beneful is full of sugar, artificial colors, and contains three unnamed animal sources. I'll explain the harm in that in a minute. And uh, it also, they say, Beneful has very little in the way of healthy vegetables. Or let's take another one. Look at uh, Kibbles and Bits Bistro Meals Grilled Chicken Flavor. If only it contained the grilled chicken that they show on the bag, that would be wonderful. But <laughs> read the label. There's, uh, they say, many low-quality ingredients and animal digest. Animal digest, they say, is the real source of the chicken flavor, not the chicken. Uh, Another pet food in the journal that they are not impressed with is Pedigree Complete Nutrition for Adult Dogs, saying it's made with an inferior cheap source of protein. And you know what? Some wet or canned foods are not doing much better than the dry kibble. The label, for example, on Alpo Prime Cuts and Gravy, Home Style with Beef, makes it look like, you know, ooh, yummy, big pieces of beef covered in gravy. But if that is your dog's dinner, he or she may be getting some of the lowest quality sources of protein held together by wheat gluten. And they say, yeah, even IMS Proactive Health Chunks is full of byproducts that are often linked to all sorts of health problems in pets. Okay, now when you see animal fat on a label, This is what I always thought, right? You probably think, like I did, you know, chicken skin, beef trimmings, you know, that kind of stuff. But pet food regulations allow manufacturers to use all sorts of very low-quality fats. It allows them to even use used restaurant grease as generic fat sources. So to make sure that your dog gets healthier fats, be sure to look for labels that use a named species of animals as a source of fat, like chicken fat or duck fat. And uh, one more point, uh, you could be paying for healthy ingredients that aren't even in the bag or in the can. For example, because omega-3 fatty acids are so healthy, and we consumers have glommed onto this now, dog food manufacturers started adding those uh, DPA or rather DHA and EPA, which are highly beneficial fatty acid supplements to a lot of the dry dog foods to help their coats. But you're thinking, oh, yay, it's got these fatty acids. That's good for my dog's coat. But the thing is, is that they are notoriously fragile and they don't live long once they are exposed to oxygen. 
And that makes, when they're exposed to oxygen, that makes the fatty acids turn rancid very quickly. And that can make your dog sick. Mm. So, yeah, it's just one thing after another. I, you can't be too careful. We're going to have another report on uh, healthy things for your dog to eat in our next hour. Good. Two other studies have now reinforced evidence suggesting that dogs have positive benefits, of course, in the lives of children. Now, in the first, researchers from the University of Florida found pet dogs provided buffering effects for children who actively engaged with their animals when they were stressed. This study in the journal Social Development says children with their pet dogs underwent some stressful things like public speaking and mental arithmetic calculations. That would make me freak out. While their levels of the stress hormone cortisol were being monitored at the same time, they found that children who actively engaged with their dogs while they were doing these stressful tasks demonstrated lower cortisol levels compared to children who interacted less or not at all with their dogs during that time. In the second study, researchers at Oregon State University showed how a family dog could serve as a partner and an ally in efforts to help children who have disabilities incorporate more physical activity into their daily lives, which improved many things, especially their motor skills. Finally, 27 pets were honored at the 5th Annual Eckerd College Pet Graduation Ceremony in Florida this month. This was not for an obedience class or anything. If you're wondering, Eckerd is the first school in the nation to accept on-campus pets. So, as you can imagine, people who love their pets go there, and they're very important around campus. Every year, the college holds a ceremony for the pets of graduating seniors. Species represented in this pet class included 10 dogs, 9 cats, 3 rats, a snake, a guinea pig, a desert tortoise, a parakeet, a hedgehog, and I guess we're missing the partridge in a pear tree there. But <laughs> every pet grad received a certificate, an Eckerd College ID tag, and a cap and gown photo shoot with their owner and the president of the college. Pretty cool, huh? Absolutely. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Let's go to our good friend, Lorraine. In, uh, where are you? in Huntington Beach? Where are you? That's right. That's yeah. Pretty good memory for an old man, huh? Damn, very good. I, I also yeah. remember you just had a litter of kittens, uh, feral, and everything's going well, I assume? They, they're going great. Um... And we figured out kids are, they're not feral, they're um, stray. There's stray. a difference. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, they're doing great. Um, I have a question, though. Um, I'm kind of, you know, up and down with the um, when it's the right time to take them away from their, to get homes for them, to adopt them out. 
Mm. And um, I we wanted to do it. We start doing it this weekend. They're they're um, six weeks old. They'll be seven weeks old on Wednesday. But um, I think that's too soon. What do you think, Doc? No, you know, actually, um, well, there, there's certain things. It's ideal for kittens to be raised around their siblings and their mom, and that's valuable between especially seven weeks to 12 weeks of age. But that being said, it really depends on the situation they're coming from and the situation they're going to. Okay. Um, so there's that benefit of being around them until about 10 weeks. Well, to, that's what, yeah, weeks. we went online and read that um, it could be very you know, damaging to take a kitten away that soon, that, you know, mentally and physically. Um, well, there's, there's that side of it. But then there's also the side that that's also the most moldable period for a new kitten to adapt to the changes in the sights and the sounds within a home. Okay. So by not... Um, adopting them out before then, you may lose some of that adaptability that they're not going to learn in their home setting. So, you know, are there railroad tracks nearby? Do they have to get used to other things, um, other pets in the home? So that's where, so I I generally say between, you know, seven to ten weeks of age for me is, I I think, ideal, and it really depends on the situation. Um, If we come from a breeder situation or a housing situation where someone is spending exorbitant time with these kittens and there's a lot of human hands-on time, then, yeah, maybe staying a little later is better. But if there's really not that time or we're worried, oh, sometimes with, like... I'm with them 24-7, so, um, yeah. you know, I am with them uh, uh, constantly. So they think that I'm their other mother, you know. For now, for now, like, but they have now, to get right. used to a new home and to a new mom. So that's why I wouldn't say, right. um, you know, you're doing, you, you have to do that till 12 weeks of age. If you have a right home, I often um, will see kitties oh. between seven and nine weeks, you know, okay. adopted out. So, yeah. Okay. Now, registering a kitten, um, is that our job to do that or um, is it even necessary? Is that just when you're breeding, when it's uh, purebred? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's registering and then there's licensing. Okay. Um, what's so registering what's... is a regist- people register pure breed animals okay. with things like the AKC. You know, okay. so that's a registration body. Otherwise, licensing is best left to the people that are actually going to be the owners. Okay. So, um, and that that's usually kind of coincides with uh, the time of the rabies vaccine, whether that's okay. three or four months of age, depending on what state you live in. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Is that what, is that that's the proper time for that is four months. Depends on the state. Um, okay. I believe in California it's four months, but in Las in, in Nevada it's three months. So it's just oh, okay. rabies law is set state by state. But okay. yeah, that would be at the time that they would do their licensing type um, information. Okay. Well, we've got homes for the two orange ones. Oh, um, as nice. of yesterday, I could tell you're 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 not, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You, you can hear that in her voice. She wants to keep oh, them no, longer. It's be, uh, yesterday, even when this girl committed to the two of them, I broke I broke down, and it's like oh god, already. You know, it's like starting already. Now it's going to be very hard. Yeah. And the longer I keep them, that's the other thing. I'm getting more attached to them. Yeah, are you keeping so, one? Um, you know, I don't know. I might though. Oh, and I so in know. a few weeks, you're going to be calling us and saying, is, should I keep them until they're four months old, right? Five yeah. months old. <laughs> no, no. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family. 
and we like to sniff out new places, and we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Vito Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Vito is always welcome. Go online to VitoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio. You know what we're doing here. We're celebrating the connection with your pets, and we do it toll free. That means it costs you nothing to call us at 1 866 405 8405. And not a week goes by that we get a call about microchips. And uh, because we're always saying microchip your pet. Yeah, after all these years, people still don't understand they don't understand what the chip does a lot of people think that it's like a gps device and that's why we have our next guest on from the michelson found animals registry we have donna casamento she's the chief program officer hi donna how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for having us well of course you have a pretty important topic this month you're talking about chips yes we're we are we've got lots of information about chips to talk about and a, and a program you call, we call Bull Chip, because there's a lot of myths, people that just don't understand. What do you think is the biggest <laughs> myth or misconception about chips? Well, you know, we get a, we get a lot of them, but one of them is that it's like a low jack type thing. Okay. It's, a, it's a GPS for your pet. Not true. <laughs> and it's not true. No, not at all. Unfortunately, the, the way the technology works is that it is a microchip that gets implanted into the animal. And that microchip, when scanned, will show a number. And that number then is traced back to the pet owner's information. So if all of those things aren't happening, and then that that pet owner's information then gets put into a registry. And there's a lot of registries all all over the country, a lot of different companies that offer them. Ours is a free registry, so when you have a microchip, any microchip, you can go to found.org and you can register that microchip so that in the event that your animal ever gets lost, it can find its way home to you. And it doesn't cost anybody a penny to do this? No, it doesn't. So if I get my animal microchipped, I would immediately uh, register with you so that if people find uh, my missing animal, they can correlate that number, call you, and you will tell them who it belongs to. Absolutely. Yes, you go to found.org and you can register that animal and make sure that it gets back to you. Many, many shelters are very frustrated by uh, what happens with the microchip information. If that information's not up to date, and say you've moved or you've changed your phone number, if you don't update that information in the registry, then if when your animal gets lost, they have no way of getting that animal back to you. So the chip is only as good as the information that there is behind it. And we have a new... Uh, website that we've got set up that a whole new registry set up to make sure that uh, we have accurate and current information and and we send out reminders to our people that are registered in it to just say hey have you changed anything make sure to let us know so we can update that that information and make sure your beloved pet finds its way back home to you should it ever get lost okay well here's my obvious question how many registries are there and how will they know to call you there's a lot of registries out there, but if they contact found.org, the way that it works, it, it, there's, a, there's a national lookup uh, that you can go to called the AHA site, and it's the, uh, it's a, the American Animal Hospital Association site, 
And if you don't know what kind of a chip you have in there and you go into this site and you just put the chip number, they'll tell you where the chip is registered and then give you our contact information so that you they can that someone finding your pet can can put the information of that chip number in there and then we can find it get the animal right back to you. Isn't when you get a microchip done, you usually get done at your vets, isn't it automatically registered to the company that you're purchasing it from? In some cases it is, and in some cases it isn't. Often they'll hand you the information and say, you know, here's the information for you to go and register your pet. A lot of times in an adoptive situation they'll do the same thing, and people are so focused on what's happening with the health of their animal or, uh, you know, getting that new pet, they, they kind of forget that part and then they don't register it, and then the animal ends up getting lost, and maybe there's no tag on it. But we want to make sure you've also got a tag on on the animal as well. That's another little backup that you can have, is to have a tag with your with your contact information on there too. But should the tag ever get separated, which often happens from that animal, it will still have the microchip in there with the information associated with you so that it can find its way back home. Now, what about when you adopt an animal from a shelter or rescue organization and they have that animal registered with the microchip? How do you get it in your name? Often what happens is they will, at the time of adoption, they will register your the microchip with either us or whoever the microchip provider was was for that that particular organization but often those chips only get registered perhaps to that particular microchip company well, we we register we'll take anybody's chip in our registry how and, do you verify that i just what if i found a dog and i have a number and i say okay i want to register it with yours how do you verify that this is my dog if you take if anybody's have the original yeah, if we have the original information from, from who that chip was purchased from, uh-huh. say it was purchased from XYZ Shelter that's in Boca Raton, Florida, you know, and they will be listed as a permanent rescue rescue contact for that chip so we can communicate with that rescue group to see or that shelter to see, you know, who that animal was adopted to and tell them that them also that the animal was lost. So they'll be looking for you too. We've got several points of contact through email, phone numbers, and everything that we send out. But we'll contact the person that was it was most recently registered to. And we also have a transfer program so that, say, for, for example, for some one reason or another, you needed to rehome your pet, and you have found someone else that you want to change the information to, and that person contacts us. We will reach out to, the, to you first to say, hey, this person is trying to... Uh, change the information on this pet registry to you. Is that cool? And if you say yes, that's okay, and you confirm that with us, uh, we'll go ahead and transfer the ownership of that pet in our system to the new person that's mm-hmm. contacted and asked us to do that. Okay, Donna, thank you so much. Donna Casamento, the uh, website over there is... What is the website over there? Found.org. Found.org. This is Shaquille O'Neal. And the Shaquettes. Reminding you that anytime, anytime is a good time. Good time for the cooling, drying, fresh scent of Gold Bond powder spray. Like after the gym, or a crowded elevator ride, or golf, or working with farm animals, or a hard day's work, like sports casting. You said it, ladies. Stay cool with Gold Bond powder spray. Stay cool with Gold Bond. <laughs> Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. 
featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour, you, toll free at 1-866-405-8405, looking down at your radio. Yes, you, if you have a question about your dog, your cat, uh, any of your animals, Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani can answer those questions and we'll go to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Also on the show, Probably the world's most famous weatherman, Fritz Coleman, will be joining us. He is working with the Actors and Others for Animals organization alongside Joanne Worley. And uh, he's doing a comedy show, oh, I'd say about a month from now, to raise money for Actors and Others for Animals. And uh, I don't know if he has any animals, but I know the comedy show is based about being over 50. I can relate. Can you relate? I think we <laughs> yeah. can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> Hey, we get better with age. We're like a fine that's wine. That's right. You know, that's the truth, isn't it? It sure is. So, and we, if you believe that, <laughs> no, come on, Judy. <laughs> what do you have coming up this hour, Miss Brooks? Well, have you ever heard of ethoxyquin? Ethoxyquin. It sounds like a medicine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I thought maybe it belongs in like the antibiotic and the quinolone family. <laughs> Uh, with the penicillins. No, not even close. This is something that the FDA allows in our pet food, but not in our human food. And most of the other countries in the world have banned it. And uh, we're going to explain the importance of ethoxyquin and some other things about the state of our pet food industry that uh, is not going to have you smiling. No, it isn't. In fact, last hour you started talking about this, and it makes me think that I just got to buy human-grade ingredients for my animals mm-hmm. because I, I just can't trust the labels, especially the pictures right. on the labels. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's on the way in just a few minutes. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, it's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 right now. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by the folks over at VetraScience. You know, summer's right around the corner. You're probably pretty excited. But is your pet, for them it means thunderstorms, lightning, fireworks. Talk about anxiety. No one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner. And that's where Composure Supplement Chews from VetraScience comes in. Okay, let's go to the phones. And we go to Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Where are you today? All right. Well, uh, actually, I'm like I told the screener, uh, I am an over-the-road truck driver, cool. and I come up here all the time, and I love listening to your program. Uh, you know, I'm in Paris, Illinois. Uh, that's where I am actually located. But I do live in uh, Beverly Hills, Florida. So, and what I really hurt, you know, what saddened me so much, like I told the screener, is uh, the sad uh, thing about a pet that was put in a cargo bay. Yeah, and, uh, Paris, the rabbit. And and I just thought really briefly, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but, you know, when we made the transition from Honolulu, Hawaii, back to Las Vegas, uh, we went through eight weeks prior to our two pets. We had both Bridget and Tiffany. They were both Maltese. One was about nine. The other was about four and a half. She was a teacup. And to make this short, first thing we did was we went to our veterinarian. And I, I, I don't know if it covers all pets. I'm just trying to be general here if somebody... We, you know, plans on traveling, it's not like you just call up an airline and think you're going to, you know, check your pet in. It, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, we started about eight weeks before. We had a fantastic veterinarian over there in Honolulu. Uh, to, gave us all the paperwork. That is a must. you got to have paperwork, especially if you're flying overseas, all right, to different countries and stuff of that nature. And then the beauty about everything we found was after we got that all done, we called the three major airlines. I'm not trying to put one airline over another, but 
Northwest happened to have what they call the DC-10, and it had the uh, compartment uh, specially made, uh, you know, for pets. Not a cargo bag. It's located right under where the pilots are, where the flight engineer is, and it's a cargo. I, went, I even went down there and seen it. It's really neat. How long ago was this? Uh, this was probably well, about 10 years ago. Okay. I mean, things have changed, but I'm sure there are airlines that people wanted to work. And so, it, uh, briefly, just to bring you up to speed, uh, after we got all the paperwork, when we found out from the airlines, the airlines were really concerned about it because in the middle of the summer, dry flying with pets or the middle of the winter, winter are two of the hardest times for any pet. Yep. They don't fly in a cargo bay. They're going to die. There's just no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And you people probably are aware of that more than I, anybody. So, uh, because of the time, which was in August, uh, and like I said, they had this particular compartment. We had to go see them, uh, about four weeks prior. Uh, they had to be certain rated type, uh, crates, if you want to call them crates or doggy bins that they were in. They were made out of hard plastic with a face front on them. Uh, we brought them down to the airlines to a special place, made an appointment. They approved those with the dogs. We brought the dogs, and everything was all set up. So, uh, you know, I just hope it helps other people out there when you're flying and you've got to fly with a pet, whether the pet can go on board. Some pets can if they're small enough, and the little bags that you put them in. Uh, I've helped a couple people with that, especially in Florida, travel up north. Uh, some airlines allow it, some don't. But if you do your homework like we did, uh, right up to the time when both uh, Bridget and Tiffany flew, uh, I stayed with those pets right to 10 minutes before boarding. The plane was all ready to go. The pilot authorized the two dogs to go in. I couldn't believe it. I got back on the plane, strapped myself in, and uh, everybody on our side was saying, here comes the dogs, you know. And the handler brought them up, put them into the compartment, strapped them in. And almost every 45 minutes, the flight attendant would come down and say, both Bridget and Tiffany are doing well. Uh, we arrived in Los Angeles five and a half hours later. Uh, we rented a car to go rest away to Vegas because there were no planes, uh, you know, that had that type of, you know, that sure. with the summertime mm. uh, to safely make it. Our pets made it safe. And I just hope what I just gave you was a little information. Working with the airlines, planning way in advance would really, really assure it's a traumatic experience for both the owner and the animals. And uh, if it's done properly and you can get the airlines to work with you, uh, you know, it, it was a good experience for us. Yeah. I, I know that there's some airlines that uh, if it's over 80 degrees, they won't uh, allow the animals on because apparently the right. cabins aren't, you know, they're not, uh, or not the cabins, the uh, cargo. cargo holds are not. And it's, it's not even it's not even just where they're staying that's the concern. So in Las Vegas, where I practice, um, pets cannot even have a flight. They not cannot even be considered if the degrees are over eighty five degrees. Mm-hmm. So that means for the bulk of the year <laughs> through the summer months, yeah. we really can't fly pets out of Las Vegas unless the temperature on the ground is below eighty five degrees when the pet gets on board. But they can fly in the cabin and, though, right? Yes, oh, that's a totally fly. different situation. But these are unaccompanied animals that okay. are in a separate area where the owner cannot be. Directly visualizing okay. them, and this is—it's not just because of what's going on or where they're being kept there, but if there's a delay and that pet is on the tarmac, or there's other kind of holdups in the waiting pattern, that's why there's the temperature concerns. Because it's not just while they're on the airplane; it's we need to get that pet safe from A to B and then back to um, A again. So you know, I think that's the important thing: is if you've got um, a direct flight, sounds better for a pet than any kind of connecting flights. Those really scare me when we have pets flying doing multiple 
multiple connections. So sure. um, you want to make sure, just like he said, you know, be smart, get well-educated, find out what you can and can't do. And um, right. you know, there are things that you just, some pets don't travel safely. And that's why uh, many breeds like the brachycephalics, they won't fly, they won't fly really young. Um, when you go to see your veterinarian for a health certificate, we have to state that this pet is in good health to travel. And I will tell you, I have turned down signing that health certificate. I lost a couple clients over it because a dog had one had a horrible ear infection and the other one had a heart murmur and looked like it was in kidney failure. And she wanted to put it on a flight. And I said, I cannot put my name on this piece of paper saying your pet is healthy for flight. And I think that's where you have to know, is your pet a good candidate for something so stressful? In the case of this rabbit, um, I don't know how well they work with the airlines, but they had just taken him to a vet for a checkup just hours before they put him on that plane. Yeah, yeah, and that, well, as we talked before about on the show, rabbits are exquisitely heat um, sensitive. So for them, over 80 degrees, they can have heat stroke, um, especially if the air's not, you know, they're not well ventilated. So they're special. So, you know, their cage requirements would be totally different. We'd have to have good room, um, some other mechanisms to cool them. So, I, you know, I don't know all the details with that bunny, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I can think of things that could um, cause problems for that bunny or others flying. Well, I appreciate it, Mike. That's all great advice, and it looks like you did it the right way. We appreciate it you sharing that with us today. And, and thanks for listening while you're OTR. I appreciate that also. All right, and thanks so much. But like I said, proper planning for any kind of a pet, overseas or whatever. And by the way, my dogs came from Australia to Hawaii. Uh, they can make it, and there's airlines out there, I'm sure, that can help or give you the direction, especially if they had the situation that ours had, and to get your dogs from to, you know, to the place you need to go with you uh, in a safe manner. I hate to see anything happen. I really appreciate talking to you all, and I enjoy listening to your show. And thank you so much for giving me a chance. Stay in touch, Mike. It is toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. And this portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetris Science. Let this be the summer with less stress for your pets with the help of Composure by Vetris Science. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetris Science supplements. And we thank Vetris Science for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Jeff and Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. If cats really do have nine lives, a little calico cat from Wenatchee, Washington, probably only has a few left. Witnesses say they saw the cat leap from the back of a pickup truck as it was driving over a bridge. The cat then scampered through traffic and jumped off the bridge 70 feet into the chilly Columbia River. He then swam 600 feet to shore, being guided by a guy in a kayak. The super kitty was then rescued by the Wenatchee Valley Humane Society, who said that once back at the shelter, he had a very big appetite. No one has claimed the little guy yet, but something tells me this super cat will have no trouble finding a new home. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, stay or neuter your animals today.
people say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can visit them over at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're good people. Okay. Fritz Coleman just around the corner. Lori in just about 10 minutes from the newsroom. What are you working on for this hour? Well, you know, a lot of things get blamed on our pets. Somebody passes gas. You know, it's like, oh, it was a dog. Uh, <laughs> or the dog ate my homework, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how about the dog shot me? The dog like, shot me? Oh. Yeah. I've never, that I've never said that apparently is one. something. It happens a lot. And I'm really? going to tell you about the latest one. Yeah. Okay, that's on the way. Did I lie to you? <laughs> no, you would never lie to me. Not intentionally. No, no. Uh, let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, lying. No. Hi, Randy. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good. Where are you? Great. Uh, I am outside of Tucumcari, New Mexico. Ooh, sounds lovely. Well, I have the great doctor right here, Dr. Debbie. Hello. Oh, I, hello, doctor. Hi. What do you got going to, on today? Well, I just wanted to ask you about hemolytic anemia in dogs. Uh, my little corgi came down with it a little over a year ago, and she's uh, very fortunate. I, I believe she has uh, kicked it. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of people, I tell them what she had endured, and they have, they've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Is this something and- that... Yeah, I mean, it's something, unfortunately, we see it enough in practice. Um, and it's basically a situation where the body attacks the, the blood cells, and in that situation, the red blood cells. So it basically destroys the patient's red cells and leaves them very anemic, and in some cases requires uh, blood transfusions, immunosuppressants. And um, I, I guess I'd have to ask you with your quirky, what do we know? Was it a primary case, or was it uh, triggered by something else? I have no idea. Uh, no she idea. was fine okay. uh, on the truck with us, and uh, I went home, and uh, the wife was telling me, you know, Isabel's dragging on the lead, you know, when we're walking. And I was thinking, well, she's just, you know, upset because I'm not out there walking with her because I was busy working on Because you're truck. her favorite, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm her person. And so I went with them uh, the next day, and, I mean, she, she walked maybe 300 yards and sat down. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and she got up, and she walked another three or 400 yards, and she laid down. I mean, just laid down. I I rolled her lip up so I could look at her tongue and her gums, and, I mean, they were just absolutely white, mm-hmm. just like a, yeah. a white T-shirt. And I said, oh, we got to get her to the vet. And yeah. uh, they put her on prednisone initially, but uh, the prednisone really didn't do anything except for make her fat. Okay. Um, they put her on uh, azathioprine. Uh-huh, yeah, Imuran, that's the other name for that one. And uh, that, uh, and they transfused her. Her blood cell count went down uh, from supposed to be somewhere, I believe, between 35 and 45. Mm-hmm. It, it, at one point, it went down to nine. 
Wow, and that is dreadfully low. Yeah, so I would have done the same. When we get down below the teens, that is definitely time to intervene and get some some blood products. But it's interesting. So with with these anemia cases, sometimes we'll have what we call a primary situation. So it's kind of an autoimmune problem and uh, something where the immune system just goes haywire, and we never really identify a, a direct cause. But there are some sec- some other causes, like a secondary trigger, and there's different medications. Cancer can be a problem. Some toxins. I've seen dogs after a bee sting develop hemolytic anemia. Um, so there's a lot of different weird things that can kind of trigger this cascade of events, and it's horrible. Yeah, it is absolutely horrible, and a lot of pets do not make it through. So, so yes, you're very fortunate to have your baby pull through with all of those steps and. Um, the steroids, I'd have to say, tend to be the mainstay, and they are rotten drugs. And, and anybody who's been on steroids, you know, will, will have horrible things to say about the weight gain and um, some of the mood-altering uh, ways that that can affect the, the patient. But um, it is the mainstay of managing that. And then we'll add in something in like azathioprine, um, cytoxin, sometimes another chemotherapy drug we'll add in there to try to slow down the patient's immune system. So... Um, are, Good. Uh, and and when, when was her last medication? How long ago has she been on? Well, on she's been on now. Uh, she's still on it, but she's uh, they're reducing her doses of the uh, azathioprine. Uh, they're, they're reducing them now to where I give her a half of a tablet every three days. <laughs> Good. And she seems to be maintaining very well with that. And uh, um, I was kind of looking, you know, I, I was thinking... You know, maybe I didn't catch a, a little urinary tract infection or something, you know, that, that maybe may have triggered this. Um, I can't really find any definitive answers that, you know, we know what causes it. I've heard vaccinations, insect bites, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, uh, infections. And I did find somewhere that somebody said that cockers, cocker spaniels, tend to be a little more prone to it, females between Absolutely. five and seven years old. Oh, they are unfortunately the poster child for uh, hemolytic anemias. Yes, it's it's a very interesting phenomenon we see in cocker spaniels. And when they get it, they get it bad. So I don't mess around when we have a cocker spaniel that develops this. It is, it's pretty much we pull out all the guns, all the arsenal that we have at our at our side, and and we work hard on that because it is a very tough road with those guys. Yeah. So yes. So some of the warning signs to kind of look for is just the. You know, lethargy, uh, she's eaten, she was drinking mm-hmm. water, she seemed to be fine, it's just she had no energy and she couldn't, right. couldn't produce any air. Right, and it's just basically with the blood count dropping so low, they do get weak. We'll see problems breathing where it's just very labored in the breathing. And, um, you know, occasionally some pets will end up developing some other types of uh, bleeding disorders as a result of that. So, yeah, so it's unusual. And I thank you for your call because this is definitely a wake-up for a lot of people who maybe you know your dog, you know what's normal, and you know what's not normal. And if you notice something that is not within the realm of their normal patterns, give a call to the vet. Get your pet in because it could be something as subtle as that so thank you so much for your call randy that's a great uh, eye-opener for the rest of us here the movie man six second review starts now guardians of the galaxy 2 isn't as fresh as number one but as summer movies go is still out of this world i mean don't let a scar steal your spotlight use moderma advanced scar gel the only once daily formulated scar care product clinically shown to reduce the appearance of scars moderma advanced scar gel from the moderma family of skincare solutions check your sunday paper for a five dollar coupon 
Hi, it's Alan Cable, and it's no secret that our dog friends have transformed so many lives. They ease loneliness, make you laugh, get you out on new adventures, and help you meet people. They've even helped folks with depression and loss. They can sniff out explosives and even disease. When it comes down to it, dogs create more magic than David Copperfield. Doesn't your dog deserve the best life possible for all the magic he or she gives you? Of course they do. But how do you do it? Is it by feeding your dog the best filet mignon or letting them have free run of the house? Do we repay our dogs by letting them sleep? Sleep in bed with us. I think you know where this is going, right? You want to give your dog the best life possible by educating yourself so that you can educate your dog. You know, puppies learn quick. They may learn that grabbing your clothes and shoes results in a real fun game of you chasing them or playing tug-of-war. They also learn that whining and barking gets them lots of attention from you. Let in, let out. (laughs) And then they learn that taking little chunks out of your hand or ankles with those sharp teeth produces super fun noise. This is the exact opposite of what you want them to learn, though, isn't it? Being in charge from the very start of your puppy is better for both of you. Teaching him to sit and let go. Redirecting his behavior. Teaching him not to bite you but only toys. Making sure that when you train him, you set him up for success and make it a lot of fun. So that your puppy grows up seeing training as the funnest game ever. And then in the house, you teach your puppy that calm behavior is the right behavior. And that the yard or the park is the place for play. Don't get him revved up. Save that for outside. Then make sure you take your puppy around as many people to as many places around as many other dogs as you can. Take them everywhere you can. Parks, baseball games, shopping centers. Let them see and watch all kinds of people and dogs. Introduce them to the vacuum cleaner, the lawnmower. And when your puppy gets scared, don't say anything. Don't say it's okay. That just reinforces the fear. Just remove him from the situation or give him a treat. Redirect him. He'll get over the fear quickly when he associates it with something fun or pleasurable. So get a plan, get the education, and then get yourself a dog. And remember, good dog. Dog. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. The pet food industry alone is huge and is now worth more than $26 billion and it just keeps on growing. All of this has led to some experts questioning the regulations that safeguard our pets and the ingredients that these pet food companies are using. A veterinarian who specializes in nutrition at the famed Cornell University says, it's really as if no one is minding the store right now. It's kind of left up to us consumers to know if it's safe or not. In just the past two months, two brands of canned dog food, the Avengers dog and cat food, the canned one, and Cocolicious made by Party Animal, were found to contain a drug called pentobarbital, which is used to euthanize animals. Susan Thixton is a, a consumer advocate, and she says the problem is is that pet food isn't food. Pet food is treated as feed. Yeah, as in like a feed lot or a oh. livestock feed. Yeah, it's pretty bad. The FDA regulates pet food. And while the FDA has oversight of pet food, they don't do much. They let the Association of American Feed Control Officials, or the, and you'll see this on bags or cans everywhere, the AAFCO, which is a private group, they let them set the standards for ingredients and labeling. 
And if you wanted to see those standards, like, hmm, I'm curious, what are their standards? You'd have to pay a hundred bucks to the AAFCO to get a copy of their standards. Now, this Susan Thixton has been fighting to change many of the pet food industry's practice. 25 years ago, she had a dog who was diagnosed with bone cancer, which her veterinarian linked to a chemical preservative in her dog food. So she did her research, and she called the company. They told her that because of the preservative in her dog's food, that that food would stay fresh for 25 years. That's how good it was. Not. That's what they were, you know, proclaiming. Well, that preservative is ethoxyquin. It's uh, still allowed by the FDA to be in pet food, though it is not allowed to be in human food. In fact, ethoxyquin has been banned in all food sources in Australia, South Africa, Chile, Portugal, Canada, Spain, and the European Union. And although the Center for Veterinary Medicine has asked manufacturers to keep the level of ethoxyquin in pet food below 75 parts per million, the FDA actually allows twice that. Another transparency issue that Thixton would like to see change, she says, is private labels. I didn't know this. Some grocery stores, you know, sell their own brand of pet food, but they keep the actual manufacturer a secret. For example, she says Whole Foods does not disclose the manufacturer of any of its private label products. Costco and Trader Joe's also sell private label pet food, but Costco declined comment and Trader Joe's did not respond to inquiries when they were asked by CNBC, which did a special report on this subject. So many people have started making their own pet foods at home, but experts say, oh, you really got to be careful and work with your veterinarian if you're going to make your own food at home to be sure that you're giving complete nutrition, especially when you have young pets that are still growing. Another option, though, buying pet food labeled Human grade, because when it states human grade on the label, well, that pet food actually is a food and not a feed, and manufacturers have to abide by all of the human food laws. Oh, good to know. Well, this sounds like a joke. We're going to be a little bit lighter here, or an urban legend maybe, but it really did happen. A pizza delivery driver in Toledo, Ohio, was recently dropping off a delivery order when he was shot by a dog. Yes. (laughs) It <laughs> was shot by a dog. The dog shot While the him. delivery man, yeah, was standing at the door accepting payment, a bullet hits him in the leg. Now, apparently, here's what happened. The homeowner's dog had knocked a gun off of, a, like, a sofa table, a coffee table, and it discharged as it hit the ground. Oh, my. Turns out, wow. 10 Americans in the past decade have been shot by dogs. Some of those, you know, a little more understandable, maybe on hunting trips. Some have actually happened in cars, but for some reason, many of these incidents have been in the state of Florida. And if you can imagine, these are only the actual, I've been shot by a dog reports that have been reported. <laughs> imagine how many are not, right? <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to shoot the pizza guy. No, you, no, dogs, get it together. Yeah. <laughs> really? How about owners get it together and don't leave loaded guns laying around? There you go. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. 
Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll go back to the phones toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. But before we do that, the Joanne Worley hotline is ringing. Here in the studio, and I can only guess that on the other end is probably, I would say, the most famous weatherman in the world. I mean, <laughs> if you're from SoCal, you definitely know this guy. He's been around for a long time. But what about Ron Burgundy? Isn't he pretty famous? Actually, I believe I believe <laughs> there's credits in the Ron Burgundy movie that credit Fritz Coleman, who's joining wow. us right now. Hi, Fritz. Hey, guys. How are you? Very good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. So, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just trying to get my breath after the... Uh, Pet shoots owner story. You gotta watch out for that. Yeah. Don't leave any loaded weapons around your house. He he actually shot the pizza delivery guy. That's just wrong. Yeah. That's just, well, that's wrong on so many levels. (laughs) But another reason to treat your pets well because you don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any pets, Fritz? Uh, no, I, I had a, a, a golden retriever who was my best friend. And uh, he was with me for 12 years. And this is when my uh, children were still in the house. And so uh, I'm, a, I'm living alone now. And I will have another one when I retire or a couple more. But I, I just, uh, you know, it's just giving them the attention they need and deserve. And I, I, I can't wait to have one. But I think they would spend too much time alone right now. Yeah, so. you have a pretty heavy-duty schedule. So they would be at home alone or with a pet sitter. They'd never see you. Well, you know, it's so interesting. Everything that I've learned about pets, I I learned from my dog, uh, Mac. My connection to actors and others for animals happened because, uh, you know, I've been in broadcasting my whole career. And, you know, when you're in radio or TV, you're always making these announcements. Be sure to spay and neuter your pet. And you do these announcements, but they're sort of ambiguous. And until you firsthand experience pet overpopulation, you have no idea what the thing is. So I, 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 I went to adopt this dog, and I went to a water dog rescue facility in Sun Valley, California, which is the north end of the San Fernando Valley. And they had Goldens and Weimaraners and Labs and all the, the, the uh, water-oriented dogs. And I went in there, and there were like 200 dogs in there. And the minute you walk in there... They hold out this glimmer of hope that today's the day you're going to take them out of there, and they're collectively barking and yelping. Uh-huh. It was the most horrible sound I'd ever heard, and uh, I, it, it stayed with me for about a month. But anyway, as I uh, as I went around, I found this one-year-old Golden who had been partially housebroken, and I adopted him, and he was with me for 12 years. But... I just, it was, it was a stark realization of why, especially in Southern California, pet overpopulation is ridiculous. Yeah. How, how it's, why it's so important that we, we do whatever we can to, uh, to take care of this issue. The other thing I learned was that even though my pet was home alone, I, I used to, 
you know, pour out my guilt to the veterinarian. And he'd say, no, what happens is they, I have a very regular schedule. I get home at precisely the same moment every night. He said, no, they understand your schedule better than you do. They'll sleep all day. And then the minute you, like two minutes before you're home, they'll get up, stretch a little bit, put a smile on their face and be waiting for you at the door, which is exactly what happened. So anyway. Now, not a lot of people know this, or maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this front, but not only are you the NBC weatherman, but you are a comedian. You actually started out as a comic. I really did. I, I got uh, my job doing weather from being a staff performer at the Comedy Store at Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. My boss was in the audience one night, and I told a story about doing the weather when I was in the Navy. I worked for Armed Forces Radio and Television in the Navy and doing the weather and not knowing anything about it. But in the Navy, they didn't care. They just wanted you to fulfill your obligation <laughs> and do it. And he just thought that was fantastic. And it's sort of in a general way to describe what it's like to be a weatherman in California. <laughs> you don't have to be, uh, uh, you know... Uh, a meteorologist, you just have to. I always considered myself the palate cleanser between the tragedy and the sports during a newscast. That's all it was. So, uh, so I got hired, and I, I did uh, two years as the vacation relief uh, guy, and then my predecessor left, and I and I've been there thirty five years as the regular weather manager. It's Holy moly! It's crazy. We are with the incredibly amazing NBC weatherman Fritz Coleman. We'll be back to find out how Fritz is using his comedy for the animals next. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) It's time for breakfast at Burger King. Three pancakes for 89 cents at Burger King. That's pancake, pancake, pancake. Respect the stuck. Three pancakes for 89 cents. Also try two croissant with sandwiches for $4. Only at Burger King. Limited time at participating Burger King restaurants. Hi, it's Alan Cable with your Because We Love Our Pets watch. Arizona safety tyrant Matthew tries to tough it out in a car with the windows rolled up in the summer heat to illustrate what it would be like for your dog. It's only been about two minutes. This is ultimately what it feels like to be a dog trapped inside of a car on a hot day. It's 120 degrees in that car. While their owner is probably in the grocery store. Six minutes. I seriously couldn't imagine leaving my dog in a car like this. Tyrant has to bail after just eight minutes. Here's something important to remember about dogs. They can't sweat. The only way they release heat is through the bottom of their paws and by panting. So the heat is way tougher for them to handle than us. On a 90-degree day, even with the windows rolled down partially, the temperature inside a parked car can quickly reach 120 degrees. And 105 degrees is the critical mark for a dog. Their organs will start to fail at that temperature. If you see a dog in a hot car, every second counts. Dial 911 immediately. This is Animal Radio, baby. He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we are with NBC weatherman Fritz Coleman. You got a comedy show coming up July 23rd, 6 p.m. at the El Portal Theater. What's that all about? The El Portal, yes. I, 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 I 
even after I got my weather job, I continued to, to do stand-up. I, I do uh, an odd thing. I do uh, extended monologues. I call them single-topic monologues. My first one I did was about being a dad, and then I did one about divorce, and then I did one about the news. And this is one about being over 50. It's called Defying Gravity. <laughs> I've been taking it all over the United States. And it's it's a show, but even if you're not 50, uh, I'm not trying to scare younger people away, you can come and use my life as a cautionary tale. (laughs) You you will laugh hard. And I I did a couple of shows uh, in the El Portal, and uh, Joanne Worley, who's been my friend and also lives in the neighborhood around that theater, came and saw it and loved it. And I said, let's do one for actors and others. And she said, fantastic. So we're going to do this. All the proceeds will go to the great programs they are involved with, and uh, I'm very honored to be able to do this evening for him. So when you travel around the country, do people recognize you or know you as a weatherman, or do they no. know? No, no. Once I'm outside, the, I'm good from Santa Barbara to uh, Tijuana, but outside <laughs> that, I'm uh, I'm on my own. The, the, the humor has to speak for, for itself, and that actually is kind of very freeing in a way. I don't have to spend 10 minutes explaining, you know, what it's like to be a California weatherman so I can ease people into it. Sure. You don't have to explain why it rained when he said it was going to be sunny. Yeah. No, I know. Well, you know, being a weatherman on television, the, the key to being a weatherman on television is learning to suffer public humiliation gracefully. <laughs> uh, it's sort of like being on the other side of 50 there. And there it is. So there it is. what would you say is the uh, the one thing about being on the other side of 50 that uh, for those that aren't on the other side, and I'm looking around the studio and it, all except the engineer Guido. We're all, we're all on over. the other side. Yeah. We're on the other side. Well, what I do, I, I, it, it, this is me just... Um, some one of the early reviews of this show called it a wonderful baby boomer support group. It's just pointing, <laughs> it's just pointing out what we all have in common in the biological and emotional aspects of getting older. But but truthfully, and I say this in the middle of my show, I have never been happier in my life than I am right now. I don't want to be younger. I don't particularly want to be older, but I am extremely happy uh, where I am with myself and with my surroundings. And I, you know, you come to terms with what the world is and where you fit into it. And so it's not all, oh my God, look, the light went out at the end of the tunnel or anything like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, we just, talk about the common experience of getting older but in the end it's all good everybody's going to be fine have you noticed that uh, a lot of your friends at least this happens with me a lot of my friends we talk and the conversation's all about the visit to the doctor the or some kind of health pains. oh no that's what it is i there's a i have a piece of my act about when you get you get to a certain point when every conversation you have with your friends includes a medical update <laughs> and of course that, that, that's exactly right 50 is that magic number for the colonoscopy, too. Mm-hmm. Which, well, uh, and that seems like a good note to end on there. Actorsandothers.com is the website. If you happen to be listening on any one of our Southern California affiliates, check it out. It's happening July 23rd, 6 p.m. at the El Portal. Is that how you say it? Yes. I don't know why it's not El Portal, but it's the Spanish pronunciation. But it's a great theater. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll just throw this in. I don't want to overextend my welcome here. You're always welcome here. But it's a beautiful theater. Theater that used to be a vaudeville house where Red Buttons and Bob Hope played wow. in the 30s, and then it became a movie theater, and it's where uh, Debbie Reynolds would ride her bike when she was eight years old to see movies, 
And then one of the final performances she gave in her life was when it became a legitimate theater again, and she was back. So it's a, it's a hallowed place, wow. and it's spectacular. And I, I can promise you that you'll have a good time, and I can promise you you won't be insulted. It's a relatively clean show. We don't get into a lot of profanity. So whatever you expect from a comedy club, you won't get here. You'll just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a silent auction that's going off, too, which includes that script from Cheers, the last script. So wow. if you want to make a bid on yeah, that. Yeah, all signed by all the cast. Cool. Yeah. There we'll, you go. We'll put all the information over at animalradio.pet. Fritz, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Hey, I just want to tell you, I just appreciate what you do, raising people's sensitivity about pets, and you're wonderful and easy to listen to, and thank you so much for letting us promote this event. God bless you. Take care, Fritz. Okay, my friend. Bye-bye. The amazing Fritz Coleman here on Animal Radio. Thank you for joining us. If you need your fix during the week, there's a couple ways you can get it. You can visit us over at animalradio.pet, or you can download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry which is just a good app to have anyway. You can get all the recalls and all that information that you need when it happens. Okay? Uh, are we ready to go? We're ready to I'm go. ready to go walk the dog. Let's go. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. I'm off to research more on ethoxyquin. Bye. <laughs> I know. How exciting, huh? You're a wild woman. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.